0: Welcome to the Texas Home Improvement Super Podcast with Jim Dutton. All the best calls this week. Throughout the state of Texas, brought to you by America's Choice Windows, where you'll get 10 windows for just 3680.
1: Pierce, as promised. What can I do for you? Uh,
0: Jim, uh, thanks for taking my calls today. I have a problem is- with the odor in my home. The odor uh-huh appears to be, uh, it's not of a stench nature, it's like uh, a burnt burnt oil, and it's been that way for well over six months. I can't determine the origin of this odor. Uh, the things I've done in the past, I had the AC check, and they uh-huh. recognized that I have my ducts cleaned, which I did. I had uh, air quality check. There was nothing significant on that. I had plumbing smoke tests, and that, that was okay, and I had a gas leak check. Uh, I can't determine the cost of this, and it's, it's not of a stench nature. It's the nature of burnt oil that you might drop on your engine when you change your oil.
1: Yeah. Well, even though you've had the A.C. checked, it, I have to believe it's going to be one of two two places. It's either going to be something in the A.C. because the motors and things have some oil on them and grease. And if, if where one of the bearings are is spinning and overheating or something, you can get a stench like that. Now, a, a routine service normally should have picked that up, but i got to be honest with you, if the guy came out and sold you a duck cleaning because of that stench, I don't think he knew what the heck he was doing to begin with. Hey. Because I don't think the duck cleaning it was, is going to get rid of that kind of odor. So I have to say I, I probably would have my units checked out a little bit closer on that. The other place where you could get something like that type of odor is going to be actually out of the kitchen. Now, do you smell it anywhere stronger in the house than other spots?
0: Well, when I leave the uh, master bedroom, the kitchen is adjacent to it. It kind of gets Uh there by the refrigerator and by the uh, electrical stove that I have.
1: Okay. Both those items also have some grease and oil in them, especially that refrigerator. And if Again, if, if where something is spinning, it starts leaking a little bit, it'll drop down, and if it hits one of the, the hot wires or anything like that, it'll give off that stench. Now, here's the problem that you could run into. You get enough of that drop down on a hot wire, it can also catch fire.
0: Yes. Uh, on so, the uh, AC unit, uh, the blower was uh, replaced. How long ago? Uh, just uh, with a couple of months ago.
1: Yep. Okay, based on what we just talked about, pull the refrigerator out. Let's check first and see if you if you get the odor stronger when you pull that refrigerator out. You know, go in the back and and uh, see if you can smell it stronger around the backside of that refrigerator. Okay. If not, I would have that, that new motor check that you had put in.
0: Okay, you sound real good, Jim. That sounds real good. So All right. Because I had to leave the house it was so strong I had to check into the motel. And uh Oh, some, yeah. No. Nah. I'm sleeping uh, some nights, uh, most nights I'm sleeping with a mask on. So that odor was just getting the the best of me. Yeah,
1: yeah, well, like I say, my bigger fear on it is if it is dripping on something that's hot that way. Yeah. That you start getting a little flash fire started and that and that could be devastating. Randy, how can I help you today?
0: Hey, uh, yes, sir. Hey, I was uh, wanting to put a covered patio in my backyard. I don't have anything there right now, and I want to have a covered patio that's waterproof. And uh, I've got a two-story house, and I want the top to put a French door up there where I can enjoy the the top as a a deck, I guess. What do you recommend for that?
1: And I want to make sure, from what you were just describing, you're wanting not just a cover, but you need a... A deck that you can stand on as well. Correct. Yeah. So so it'll be it'll be serving dual purposes. Yes. Okay. Basically, you're going to have to build that out of wood. In or uh, I mean, you could build it out of steel and put concrete on top as well if you'd like. But uh, and if uh-huh. you do that, uh, it, it's you don't have to worry as much about water coming down on the bottom. So. Uh, Your choices are are this. You build a a wooden frame, deck it, and put some type of membrane on top that you can then walk on. Typically, you're better off, though, to put a membrane concrete on top of that, and you've got a nice walkable deck up there. You have it sloped so the water runs off when it rains, and typically that gives you minimal problems. Secondary way is to build it out of Steel of some kind same thing though you you have once the uh, frame is up there, you use a metal sheeting up top, put okay. a lightweight concrete on it uh, a- again, everything slopes so that water gets that gets on it runs off, and you know a lot of people right now are saying well why why isn't he recommending just do a wooden deck if you're going to have a patio cover with a deck on top, you don't want water dripping down through the boards. And concrete gives you a surface that that you can put multiple things on. So if you wanted to put a tile on it that looked like wood or something like that, you could do it uh, and have a a great spot underneath that's nice and shaded. The beautiful part about doing the construction the way I'm talking about, the heat penetration Uh is minimal underneath. So where a lot of metal covers and covers with shingles you know and stuff it's hot underneath because the the heat penetrates through you put that concrete up there you now have a very nice insulating barrier to keep the heat minimal underneath so that that's what i would recommend kathy how can i help you hi
2: um i have a question my husband and i followed instructions to the t and put on some of that Oh, it's not the deck over. It's the same thing, only it's by Rust-Oleum. It's a real Uh thick one. And um, over the winter, it started peeling. So I thought, okay, I'm just done with the product, and I'm just going to, you know, sand it off or scrape it off or whatever. Well, where it wants to come off, it comes off real easy. Where it doesn't, it doesn't. And I have tried my belt sander with really heavy grit on it. Um, Any suggestions? I'm about to take my deck boards and flip them over, which the good side was the side that was up, and so it's not as good a side that I'll be flipping it over to, but I'm just really frustrated. It's about a 12 by 12 part of our deck. I'm glad we didn't do the entire thing. Excuse me. Any? What was any on? Ideas?
1: Yeah, I, I, I guess I have. Uh, what was on the deck before this nothing. product was put on?
2: Nothing, but we pressure washed it the way we were. But we followed all the instructions. Uh huh. And
1: there was yeah, nothing I, on really, it at all. I mean, I'm it's really wondering treated, why. Yeah, I'm really wondering why it treated, didn't. But it was stick. Old. Well. Stuck
2: in places, you know, most of the places, right. but it chipped in others, and I don't know, I don't know why. I mean, um, under the table, it's perfectly fine because it didn't get rained on, or you know, the kids getting in and out of the pool and stuff. The kids, you know, walk around the pool, but right, it should have lasted more than a year because <laughs> we put it on a little over a year ago. Yeah. I mean, have you had any experience with that product?
1: Uh, not that particular brand, because I'll be honest with you, I'm not big on painting decks. Uh-huh. Uh, I I don't mind putting st- uh, on mine. I stain it and put a sealer on it. Right. And I have I have to redo plan. mine every about every five years. Uh, yeah. What? And what I stain I use Olympic. Do you,
2: Olympic, okay.
1: Yeah. Um. And. Okay. And I've had very good luck with that, but as far as the the paints, the problem I've always had with them is they wear through uh-huh. uh you know as you walk on them and stuff and a lot of times they wear through real rapidly, depending on how often mm-hmm. you, you walk on them they may they may look nice at first, but mm-hmm. it just doesn't stay and once okay. it starts wearing, you end up with edges that can be a a real problem.
2: Mhm. Well, this stuff, I mean, it actually, you know, you see the people on the commercial dancing out on it. Well, yeah, it doesn't do that. It uh it hurts your feet if you do that.
1: <laughs> yeah. So,
2: I I guess I guess I'll just continue pulling up the boards and flipping them over, but you know, that's a headache cuz you know, we painted it after after we, yeah. you know, screwed it down and all. I mean, we waited a year before we put the stuff down. Uh-huh. and so i don't know just very frustrated
1: okay so. now nah, kathy i have to ask you a question uh-huh Be- because you said you you went out there with the your, with your belt sander and and all these different uh-huh. things did did you do that or did you have your husband do that i did that man there's not not a lot of women will grab a, a belt sander and go to town with it on on a oh, well
2: I built the deck, so I can handle the sander. <laughs> so, um, well, I I well, am my, impressed. My dad was a contractor, so I I mean, I I did probably eighty percent of the building on the house. So, <laughs> you know, I don't yep. shy away from those projects. But anyway, but this one's got me baffled. So I guess I'll just go ahead and flip it over. And um, we used on another part of that
1: we had used bare
2: um, stain. And and it Kathy, would you mind holding? Yeah, would you mind sure. holding
1: on for just a minute? I got to uh-huh. take care of something here real quick. I was talking with Kathy when we left, and Kathy, you were starting to go into some other coatings.
2: <laughs> well, I just I just wanted to know. Um, I mean, we tried uh, Bayer um, stain, but when I put it yeah. on, it I tried both putting it on with a sprayer and with a roller, and um, I ended up getting so many streaks that I just kind of quit. Um, so I'm going to have to do something to get that off now, but
1: I'm 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 going to go out here and and tell you, I I have never had good luck with Bear.
2: Well, I've never liked their paint, so I don't know why I tried the stain, (laughs) but I thought it would be a stain, you know, just a regular stain, but all the stain I've ever really worked with was
3: interior.
1: Yep.
2: Um, so, you know, and I've done a lot of staining and refinishing and that sort of thing but um i I don't know what so you said you used olympic uh and they have a series of stains and they
1: just go on Uh, and they they got them they got them for fences and for decks and uh you know you can they got them with sealer and without i typically put the stain on and then put one on with a sealer on top of it janet welcome to texas home improvement
3: thank you for taking my call um We're dealing with a house that uh, had been occupied with some cats and hardwood floors. Number one, how do you get rid of the urine smell? And number two, how do you clean up the floors where there's been hairballs and other deposits?
1: Oh. Okay. For the urine smell, uh, the first thing you have to do is, I'm I'm assuming, can you see in the wood where that urine has been sitting?
3: I don't think it's been in the, in the house. I think the urine smell is more in the garage. But, yeah, it could be in either place.
1: Okay. And the reason I'm asking that, if you stop by like a Petsmart or Petco, some of those type of stores, they actually sell a product that is an enzyme-based product. But you've got to know where the urine is and you put this product on there, and it absorbs the urine out of whether it's concrete, wood, or even uh, carpet, it absorbs it out of it, and you'll see that the product will go on almost clear, and as it absorbs the urine out of, say, the concrete or wood, it'll start turning yellow. And you got to clean it off, and you keep applying the product and absorbing that urine out of the, material until it it just stays clear when you put it on that's the only pr- product i know of to get the urine out and once you get the urine out you got rid of the smell that way everything else yeah. is just to mask the odor
3: does the black light thing work to find out where urine deposits are
1: generally yes uh okay and I say it that way because if it has soaked in too deep and it's not on the surface anymore, or somebody tried to cover it on the surface, it may mask it. But it generally, the black light's going to pick it up. Okay. And so, yeah, that's and- probably going to be your best bet to, to try to find where those are and get them cleaned up that way. Now, beyond that, in order to get rid of odors in a house, ozone does a great job and that's you know like if a house catches fire uh, and you get smoke damage and all that that's what they use to get rid of the odors is ozone but
3: does that come from a box store too
1: no there's machines that actually make the ozone to do it Um, uh, restoration companies would have that machine available now, when And when I say restoration, I'm, I'm talking about companies who come in and, and uh, do restores after fire and floods and things like that. Okay. Uh, and you'll find that it's probably not all that expensive to have them come in, but what I'm not sure of, and I don't think it will, over time, if it's been soaked down into wood or concrete, I would think that that... Well, the ozone is going to get rid of smoke dam uh, odor, so it should permanently get rid of that urine odor as well. I would think. Uh, okay. A company that you could call and, and talk to, I- as far as who uh, one I would know would have that machine, is like surf Pro. Pro. Yep. No, Servpro. Serve Pro. S e r v e. Yep. Okay. Uh, because and they do restoration work, and they have those type of machines, and be it just a matter of them setting up the machine in the house, and typically you have to leave it on for several days, and and it takes care of it.
3: Okay. Now, what do you do with hairball stuff on the floor?
1: Elbow grease. You're just gonna have to clean it up.
3: Now, is stuff like. Um Murphy's Oil Soap, is that going to help restore the floor?
1: Yeah, that will help. You know, it'll help clean it up, and it'll give it a very temporary luster, but it it will not stay there. If the flooring is damaged, you're going to end up doing a a refinishing of the floor.
3: Well, basically, uh, the uh, stomach acids will take off the finish i don't know that they necessarily damage the floor but they take off the finish
1: correct and so and the only way to redo the finish though is to sand the floors down and have them refinished again
3: oh okay okay i really appreciate your taking my call and thank you for the information
1: oh not a problem at all janet you take care and good luck with that
3: thank you bye-bye
1: bye-bye You know, unfortunately, when finishes get messed up, there's not an easy way to touch them up or make them look good again other than just sanding the floor down and redoing it. Allison, how can I help you today?
4: Hi there. Um, I have a question about my greenhouse. It's 10 by 20 by 9, and I've got raised beds in there. The problem I'm having is I've installed a sprinkler system, and after uh, everything is watered, the grass around the beds are mud holes, um, making it, you know, just not really fun or clean to walk around and pick my vegetables or do any kind of gardening. So I'm trying to figure yeah. out what to put down around the beds, and I found... Some of these, they're uh, one-by-one-foot plastic interlocking tiles that I thought that might be a solution to put around the bed. You're, you're talking then, about
1: the ones, like, for garage floors and stuff? Yes. Uh-huh.
4: And that would, I think, you know, give me something to walk on that would keep me out of the mud. Um, and... Then yesterday I saw online somebody had a uh, uh, a greenhouse and they had just put filled in around with dirt. But then I thought, well, that's probably going to just turn to mud anyway because you know if I've got a sprinkler that's going off all all over inside of the greenhouse. So I don't. I just wondered if you have any suggestions.
1: Well, unfortunately, I think if you put those plastic pieces in there. Yeah. The minute it starts turning to mud underneath, the plastic's going to sink down into the mud. Right. So I think you're going to have to have something a little more substantial than that. Uh, yeah. How how often are you watering? Every day. Okay. And so it's staying muddy pretty much day. all the time. Yeah.
4: Yeah, it does. And
1: how, how big are these pathways?
4: They are, well, I have four by six uh, I'm thinking I have two feet uh, okay. all the way around, and then uh, about a foot in between the three beds.
1: Gotcha. Here's here's the choices. If if it was mine, that I would be looking at. Okay. I would either look at you at using some deck boards and put two by fours just laying down, you know, treated two by fours, lay them down across my path, and then put the deck boards lengthways in those pathways. So that keeps me up off the mud. Okay, and so
4: lay two-by-fours first? Yep. And then yeah, put, just put, like put if your pathway up.
1: is two-foot wide, you just cut, yeah. two, cut them two-foot length and just lay them like every 16 inches across. All right. And, and then you can lay your deck boards in on top of those. That'll keep you up off the mud. Uh, okay. The other choice that I would use is just to take... Sacks of sackcrete concrete in there, and open them up and lay concrete down in there. I wouldn't bother mixing it or anything else. I would simply lay it down dry, Uh make it about three three inches thick, and all the watering you're doing is going to get on that concrete and soak in and set that concrete up. It would give you a, a rough finish on the concrete, so you don't have to worry about it becoming slick. It would you really? It would become difficult to ever sweep it because it's going to have a fairly rough finish that way. But um, as far as a, giving you a, a nice place, you know, a, a, a good walking surface, I think that would be your best.
4: The, the I would the I, I personally,
1: if it was mine, would do the I would do the wood decking floors uh, if okay. it was mine. But and secondary so would be isn't the concrete. And going to
4: get all warped and, and uh, break up? From the watering?
1: Nah, nah. If you use treated wood, it's not—it's not, it's not going to be that bad. Okay.
4: All right. Great. Well, I appreciate uh, the help.
1: You bet. Let's talk with uh, Al. Welcome to Texas Home Improvement.
0: Yes, sir. Uh, just a quick take. Your impression
5: or take on? Uh... Roofing uh, composition, standard composition versus the Corning—I guess that's fiberglass—and frozen.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Uh,
5: that's something new to me. I'm not really sure about either one of uh, the other one, but uh, if you give a brief rundown on that. I sure appreciate it. Now, in,
1: in northern states, they like the thicker shingles, and you know, the, it used to be you got a 20-year or a 30-year, and sometimes even up to a 50-year shingle they 've kind of renamed them now a little bit different, but it 's still basically the same product in Texas. A twenty or thirty year shingle is all you need. The thicker that material gets, the harder the heat is on it and so by keeping it a little bit lighter, it actually holds up a little bit better and longer in uh, right now i 'm up in North Texas in Fort Worth, and I mean they're, they average get about ten years out of their roofs just because of hail damage. In Houston, we typically re- end up replacing ours because of wind damage. So, rarely does a roof last 30 or f- 40 years before it's got to be replaced or should be replaced. So, as far as, uh, you know, which material would I use, I'll be honest with you. I use a 30-year, and I use the uh, architectural shingles, you know, the ones that aren't just a regular three-tab. And that's all I ever use, because that's what holds up the best in our climate. And had an email question that came in after last week's show. How do you remove grill soot from brick? I have a real mess on my hands and can't seem to get it off, even with a pressure washer. Help if you can, Doug. Well, Doug, you know, obviously I'm not able to look at what you got going right now. There are a few things. You know, surprisingly enough, pressure washers a lot of times don't take that kind of stuff off. You would think it'd peel right off, but it doesn't. There are some products that you can put on that help to remove it. Uh, One of the products, surprisingly enough, that I would try is Gooby Gone or Goof Off. Uh, Those products are designed to... Take things off that build up onto materials, and they're available at any of the box stores. You can get it at uh, hardware stores. Uh, some of the some of the grocery stores even carry it. So goobie gone, uh, or again goof off. Either either one. Uh, take a look at those two products, and I hope that helps you. Other than that, unfortunately, when you're dealing with the soots from fireplaces and grills and things like that. Brick is porous and it gets down into the pores of the brick. And so, even though you can maybe get it off the surface, you don't get it off deep down. And so, you still have that discoloration that becomes a problem. So, just have to use a chemical in order to soak in there and try to get it out. Another question that came in out of, uh, I, actually, this one came out of Royce City. I put a Galvalume metal roof on my house last summer, and after listening to your show, I was wondering if a radiant barrier in the attic would help much. I have a 1,400 square foot house, and I put in 18 foot of ridge vents. Thank you. Okay, 18 foot, 1,400 square foot house, you know, depending on how the layout is, if you're going to use ridge vent, you want to use as much rid- ridge vent as possible. So any place where there's the ridge on the top of the house, run the ridge vent. As far as, should you use a radium barrier? Yes. Aluminum heats up in a metal roof, even though a you know, it will heat up. As it heats up, the heat transfers through to the other side. What a radiant barrier is designed to do is stop heat transfer. It just basically builds a dead spot where as the heat is kind of penetrating through, you know, the metal's getting heat and it's radiating heat down, it hits the radiant barrier and that's where it stops. Now, there's multiple types of radiant barriers out there. You can get a single ply, which if you put that on the roof rafters, You know, the the heat coming in would hit that stop, that's where it's at. And that would help to lower your attic temperature, typically in the range of 10 to 15 degrees. I like to use a multi-layer system that you lay on the attic floor on top of your insulation. I personally really don't care what the attic temperature is. You know, a lot of times people tell you, oh, it'll make your air conditioning system more efficient and all that. Your air conditioning system doesn't know the difference between 115 and 125. It really won't make any difference on that. However, your insulation does know the difference, and that's the reason by laying it on the attic floor, the heat that does get in the attic doesn't penetrate your insulation in the attic, which makes your house more energy efficient. My home... Is basically 3,000 square feet. A third of my house has no insulation. The part that does have insulation is typically only three and a half four 4 inches. My house was built in 1978. No, yes, yeah, 78. Uh, so the insulation in it is poor at best. I have that radiant barrier laying on the attic floor, and I run a $200 a month electric bill in the summer. It is extremely efficient to use. And if you got more insulation than I do, it's that much more efficient because what insulation does is slows the heat transfer. What a radium barrier does is blocks heat transfer. That's the difference of the two systems. And you know, all codes still require insulation simply because yeah, that's the way it's always been. And so that's the way they require it. Following that same line, there was a secondary email that had come in uh, that someone was recon- was considering resurfacing their patio deck and covering it with an arbor for shade. What do you recommend for this work? Well, obviously, if you're going to cover a patio deck and with an arbor, I'd kind of like to see stone underneath it just because it looks nice. But as far as the arbor, I normally recommend using cedar, and the main reason for it. If you use treated lumber, especially in bigger pieces like that, it tends to warp and twist and crack and and just creates, after a few years, what just isn't the most sightly thing out there. And so by switching it over to cedar, cedar typically stays nice and straight, lasts for years and years and years where you don't have to worry about it. Easy to take care of. I mean, you can stain it and and, uh, keep a a finish on it that just makes it look like new for 15 years, if 20 years if you want to. So that's the building material. Now sometimes you may put a steel post inside and wrap it with cedar, things like that for your poles. But the rest of it, you can pretty much build out of the cedar and be just fine. Mary, welcome to Texas Home Improvement.
5: Okay, I hope you have time for two questions. My first one has to do with I'd be growing up to the foundation of my house, but not up the okay. bricks. Good idea okay. or bad idea? If it's, it's just the,
1: growing up on the, it's growing up to it, or is it actually growing into the foundation? No,
5: just up to the foundation.
1: Won't hurt a thing.
5: Won't hurt a thing. Mo- no problem with no. moisture.
1: No, ma'am. No. Okay. Now, for everybody listening, because you 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 know you were specific that's growing to it and not up. If it starts growing up on a foundation or up on brick and stuff, the the anchors actually grow into the pores of the material, and it does start breaking it down. But as far as it just being on the ground and all the roots and everything are down in the ground, that's not a problem at all.
5: Okay. Okay. Thank you. Uh, another question if you have time. Um, sure. Bees. We have bees. Under the overhang, too, by the roof. Can't see the hive. Um, I know it's not your area of expertise, but uh, do you know anything, anybody in our area that we could call or
1: consult about it?
5: I had one, one quote, and it was outrageous, so that's why I'm asking you.
1: You know, I had a house one time where I was getting bees up by the eve and... Had to I, I had the uh, the beekeeper come out. Yeah. We ended up removing a big chunk of my wall in order to get to the hive. It was huge.
5: That you it mean outside? You mean outside or inside had to be removed? I I
1: I, re- I removed the outside okay. wall. Okay. To get to it. Uh, so it really is going to depend on on what's going on, but you're going to have to have a, a beekeeper come out. And in a lot of cases, if you will call the uh, animal control, they don't do it, but they'll have they'll know somebody in your area who will come out, and and sometimes they'll even come out just to get the bees and not charge you.
5: Okay, because I don't want the bills, the bees killed, and my husband's talking about spraying them and everything. I'm saying no. I'd rather have someone come and. Kind of yeah, because
1: right now, the, you know the, the country has a shortage of bees right now, Yes, I and understand. that's why some of the beekeepers will literally come out and get them for free, mm-hmm. uh, but if you'll check with animal control, uh, they a lot of times will know some of the local beekeepers who are, are willing to come out and, and get them.
5: Okay, all right. Thank you very much for the time, Jim. Enjoy your show. Very informative. Mary, you,
1: ha- you have a wonderful afternoon. Thank you. You too. I had an interesting email come in just literally 10 minutes ago. Hi, I love watching Fixer Uppers with Chip and Joanna Gaines. They frequently paint the outside of brick homes to give them a more updated look. Upon researching on the internet, I have come across some people who say don't do it because of the risk of getting mold in the walls. I just purchased an early 80s brick home And really wanted to change the color. I have read about the possibility of staining the brick instead of painting. But don't know much about the cost. Can you comment please? Absolutely. You will see a lot of stuff on TV on these home makeover shows and stuff. That really in the real world is not recommended. And... When you start looking into some of the stuff, you've got to be careful about what part of the country you're looking at. Now, as far as painting the home, if you want to paint your brick, by all means, feel free to do it. In other parts of the the country, it can be a real problem uh, with painting the brick because you trap moisture behind it. We use our air conditioning systems in Texas. We use them a lot. And what the air conditioning system is, is a huge dehumidifier. And so when you have the outside of your home painted, the brick is, you know, the the paint on the outside of the brick absolutely can seal. But you got to remember, the way our homes are built here, we got an air gap behind the brick so that moisture that travels through the brick can run down the backside and out the weep holes at the bottom. We kind of have a a dead airspace, for a breathing airspace behind the brick. But uh, more so than that, the air conditioning system is dehumidifying the insulation and everything in the wall cavity. So it takes care of that buildup of of, uh, humidity that could occur in some markets where they don't use the air conditioner as much as we do. So as far as that part, I wouldn't worry about it a bit. Now, if you do decide to paint brick, though, you've got to use the right primer. They make a masonry primer to go on the brick so that when you paint it, the paint sticks. If you do it wrong, you will have peeling paint forever on that home. And that's something you really want to avoid because once it starts peeling, it becomes almost impossible to get this problem fixed. So, first thing you got to do if you're going to paint brick, clean it well, you don't want any dust or dirt on there at all. Second thing, prime it with that masonry paint, and once you've done that, you can paint it then with your household paint, and it should be just fine. Uh, go into your, go to your regular paint stores though, not the box stores. Go into a Sherwin Williams, a Kelly Moore, you know, one of those kind of stores to get your paints and get that primer for masonry walls. And you, you, your project will come out just fine. The, the, don't shortcut it. If you buy the cheap stuff and you shortcut it, you will pay double in the long run because getting it cleaned up and, and done the right way, that gets expensive. You know, one of the things I've been doing a lot of here lately is retaining walls. All the retaining walls I'm doing... Or where somebody else went in and did it wrong to begin with. Uh, You know, people think always, oh well, I I can shortcut and uh, make it thinner and all this kind of stuff. A retaining wall is there to hold material back. And here's some rule of thumbs that you need to follow. If your retaining wall goes really over three feet, four foot max. But if it goes over three feet, it's time to bring in an engineer. ...to design that retaining wall. In fact, most municipalities' codes require that. I can tell you that the, the companies who sell the material for retaining walls... ...the manufacturers, they recommend it as well. Secondary thing, retaining walls need drainage behind them. It's a huge problem to build a retaining wall that's you know three feet tall four feet tall and no drainage behind it. Moisture will literally push a wall over. The the cost to repair one of these things, to tear down one that was put in wrong and rebuild is astronomical, especially if you get into some of the bigger walls, you know, a ten or twelve foot wall, it just becomes outrageous. So, Whether it's a retaining wall, painting brick, putting in a driveway, whatever you're doing, Take the time to make sure you do it right the first time. It is far cheaper than having to tear it out and redo it.
0: You've just heard the best calls and questions from Texas Home Improvement. For more information about our show, go to THIPro.com.